You're listening to Lemon Juice with Sumayatia. Um, today's topic, I just wanted to kind of talk about some of the themes of the book I'm working on, as well as all the interviews and data I've collected for this book, as well as for other things. But uh, it's the theme of pride and the way it affects our decisions and the decisions that uh, essentially shape our entire outlook on life. And one of the reasons this is such a significant topic for me is because I didn't realize before I began working on this project, this book project particularly, how impactful pride was on almost every aspect of our lives. Talk to people, I would ask, does pride have redeemable qualities? And it was interesting because everybody I spoke to had a different understanding of what I was talking about when I said the word pride. Some people were like, yeah, you have to have pride in your work and you should have pride in the things you do and you should have pride in the way you look and you should have pride in your accomplishments. And others took it to mean pride as in ego, which was interesting because those people kind of viewed it according to the way pride directly affected their lives or the way they kind of let it harness their outlook. I can hear background like cars passing and it's driving me crazy. So if I just stop talking momentarily, it's just because I'm trying to like just recompose myself. But anyways, so one of the things that I I wanted to talk about today was pride. And I'm just going to kind of quickly go through the way it means for us as a society. And I'm just going to specifically talk about the cultures I'm aware of, which is Western American culture, as well as Middle Eastern culture. I think I'm pretty comfortable talking about both of those things. And uh, certainly my, um, my pool of people that I've talked to have been primarily, not exclusively, but primarily from those cultures. So I grew up in an Egyptian American home in California, and the messages that I received about pride and ego kind of conflicted with everything around me, with the way the American media viewed pride and ego, with the way masculinity was defined in both cultures. It was an interesting kind of mix of signaling I was getting. And I really had to kind of sift through all that and try to find out where I fit in between the American influence and the Middle Eastern influence and how that would shape my worldview. So when you're sitting there as a child, I mean, it's not a one-time thing. You're not sitting there having this conversation with yourself once. You have these conversations with yourself tons of times. When you're growing up in an environment where you can't make the distinction between what I'm supposed to do for me and what I'm supposed to do for society, it becomes a little bit harder to question the reasons behind your decisions. So if you're sitting there thinking, okay, I really want to go after this promotion or I really want to go after this person or I really want to tell you know, my family, how I feel about this situation, but you're being stopped by something. And it's generally not fear. It's generally not a lack of confidence. It's mostly, in my opinion, and in 
you know, the data I've collected, my scientific experiments I've conducted. But basically, it's essentially you telling yourself a part of my pride will be lost if this fails. A part of my sense of what it means to hold my head up high will be basically destroyed if I go and say what I really mean or act the way I want to act. I mean, it's kind of interesting to think that we believe that we have so much autonomy, but actually we don't have as much independence in regards to our actions as we think we do because we're socialized to believe that if you don't have this thing society tells you is a significant part of who you are as a contributing member of society, as somebody that deserves and warrants respect, which is pride, then you essentially have nothing. I remember a few years back, I was talking to a friend who was after a job and they had the opportunity to essentially ask somebody for a favor who could help them kind of get in touch with the right people, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, whatever you guys think about Wasta, that's another conversation. But this was more as uh, like a networking opportunity for them. So they were having this conversation with me and they were talking to me about how excited they were to go through this process, but they didn't want to ask this person for this personal favor, which would lead to the introduction of some pretty uh, significant people in this hiring process. And I asked them, like, what's the problem? Why are you so hesitant? Is there bad blood between you? What's, what's the problem? And they kind of told me, no, it's, it's not that. It's just, I don't want them to think that I need them. Nam, sorry, I switched to Egyptian for a second. What? What do you mean you don't want them to think? Like, this is an opportunity. Of course, you would ask them, like, hey, could you help me out? And they're like, no, 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 no. If I ask them, then years later, they're going to think every time they see me at that job or every time I'm at a party, they're going to think I'm responsible for getting this person there. And I don't want to be beholden to anybody. And at first I was like, are you freaking kidding me? This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. This is your dream job. Just go for it. And then after I got off my high horse, I realized this is something I do constantly. I have this constant need to show that I am independent. I don't need anybody. I can do it on my own. I got here by myself, blah, 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 blah. Which is not true. There's no way anybody could get anywhere without somebody assisting them in some way. You know, I have an opportunity that I know a lot of people don't have because of where I was born, how I grew up. These are things that I can't say were independent of my experience. And at the same time, I can't say that, you know, hard work and all that didn't come into effect. And therefore, I don't deserve to have those things. It's a very, it's like a double-edged sword when it comes to things like that. But this person really did not want to have lost face in some capacity sometime in the future. Some, you know, distant uh, anticipation of an awkward party moment was keeping this person from asking for a favor that could have potentially led to a great job. This person did not get the job. They did not ask the person for the favor. And life went on. But was it really worth it? You know, are you ever saying to yourself, well, you know, I may not have that job, but I got my pride to keep me warm at night. And 
help me sleep better because I'm not beholden to anybody in the future. It's like, do you know what else keeps you warm at night? The heat when it doesn't get cut off because you can't afford to pay your light bill. Like it, it was so confusing to me. And yet at the same time, I was on the other flip of the coin of hypocrisy because it was like, well, we all do this to some extent, right? We all just want to appear as self-sufficient as possible, right? I mean, at least the way I grew up. Again, I'm talking about very specific cultures. <laughs> this is uh, this is not a, a blanket statement to everybody, obviously, but I mean, this is reality. This is what happens. Uh, I was in Egypt for about a year, a year and a half in my early 20s. And before I left, my father had given me like an emergency fund of money, like an envelope of money. And he was like, you know, if you ever need it. And I was like, I don't need this. I'm going to work. I'm going to pay my own bills. Like I was just like, this is it. I'm, you know, I'm moving out and I'm on my own. And within like three months of working in Egypt and living there, I quickly realized how expensive it was to afford living where I was living and to pay off the bills and to kind of get all my ducks in line. And I was staring at that envelope and I had it like hidden under some folded clothes on, on a shelf in my closet. And I was staring at it and I was like, should I, should I really like maybe like, you know, should I use some of it? Like I really need it right now. At one point I actually remember it was winter and uh, I was sharing an apartment with two roommates and the window of my bedroom was like broken a little bit. It was like cracked a little and the wind was coming in and it was so cold and I had never experienced this level. I'm from California. I had never experienced this level of like bone freezing, just gut wrenching, soul crushing, like cold weather. And it was driving me crazy. And I was not like equipped for it, not uh, like not in terms of my clothing, not in terms of like my my comforter, nothing like it was a tragedy. And I had a conversation uh, with my uncle and I was like, dude, this ain't right. And he's like, why can't you just buy a comforter? I was like, oh, maybe next month. He's like, I'll buy you the comforter. Just don't die. But I was like, no, 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 I'm going to do this. Like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not accepting it. So anyways, I was, I was literally staring at this envelope and I was like, dude, I could really use some extra help right now. And I thought, you know what, if I use it, I'm going to replace it before I go home so that they will think that I didn't use it. So then it became like a system that every time I needed money, I would tap into that fund, but I would replace it as soon as I could, so I can give them the full amount, my parents the full amount by the time I got home, so it would appear that I had done it on my own. Now, these are my parents. <laughs> my parents are not going to judge me if I needed some help. My parents are not going to question me. My parents are not going to ask me for the money back. In fact, I was told it would be insulting to give them the money back, but I was so determined to show that I was capable of doing this on my own that I was willing to freeze to death. I was willing to live in a, a situation that wasn't necessarily safe. 
I was willing to live with people that I did not want to live with uh, because I was trying to save money. I took on three jobs and I was really struggling for a long time. Not to say that that's not a great experience in and of itself. Like that taught me a lot. I learned so much from those experiences, but I didn't understand why I kept going back to this idea that I cannot show any weakness. And when I finally went home and I, and I gave them the envelope, I felt almost a little bit like a liar because they did help me. You know, not everybody has the opportunity to have like an emergency fund to save them when they're in their tight spaces. It's like, no, you were assisted. So why can't you just admit that? What is the shame of admitting that? It's, it's actually just pure pride. I just didn't want to show that this was something I needed. And, you know, we can hyperanalyze this to death, but essentially it did affect me in such a, not just a a profound way, but like physically affected me. I was freezing to death. (laughs) I really, I can't express the level of just agony I was in because in the desert, like everybody's like Egypt's in a desert, like in the desert specifically, when it's cold, it, it's not just cold. It's like in your bones, you feel like you will never be warm again. And I was willing to accept that than to take 50 bucks from the fund or from a family member in Egypt or from somebody to buy a thick blanket or comforter because I was waiting for my next paycheck so I could do it myself. You know, I could have died of hypothermia before then. And I was like, you know what? That's a risk I'm willing to take and I'm happy to do it. It's just a... Yeah, it's a sickness, honestly. But anyway, I digress. Thank you guys so much for listening. I actually am really interested to hear what you have to say. I'm going to do something I never thought I would do and get out of Twitter retirement to get your feedback. Uh, Actually, I don't think I was ever in Twitter retirement because that would imply that I use Twitter and I really hate using Twitter, but I will do so to hear what you guys have to say. You guys can DM me or tweet me at Sumayatia and let me know how this resonates with you. Let me know any instances in your life where you felt like, if not for your pride, a decision could have been made better or something could have been shifted that you wish would have been shifted had you not let your ego get into the way. I really appreciate you guys listening to me. Thank you so much. And we shall talk soon, inshallah. You're listening to Lemon Juice.